0: Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, the last couple of weeks we've been involved in this series that's entitled Chameleon, and we've been spending time looking into Scripture and learning what it means to stand out on behalf of Christ. The first week was all about standing out and what it means to Christians and why it's important for Christians. And then last week we talked about the idea that we are chosen from God. We were chosen out of darkness into His marvelous light But not so that we could simply bask in the light, although we do bask in His light. But no, God had more planned for us. God intends us to not only be in the light, but also to reflect the light out to those who need to know that He is the light in their darkness. He saved us. God has saved us, not for our own benefit only, but also for the benefit of others that we might be ambassadors that's our key word today ambassadors of the most high king and that we would bring glory to his name by everything we do say and act there's a website job hero and has this job description of the word ambassador it says of ambassadors that they represent the policies and interests of their home countries around the world This is the highest ranking diplomatic position, requiring the ambassador to attend and host events with foreign leaders and representatives while promoting their home nation's policies abroad. Now, you know that Pastor Dan is not gonna be giving you a long definition of a word unless he's gonna use it, right? Unless it fits into the theme of what we're gonna talk about today. I believe God wants to show us who he is And he has called us to be on this earth and to give us opportunities to be ambassadors for him. So if you don't receive anything else that God is speaking to you today, know this, that God has called you to be ambassadors. And not just ambassadors for the place that you live, for the country that you live, the city that you live or the state, but ambassadors for Christ, a universal calling We are called to the highest position for our entire lifetime as Christians to represent the interests of our king to all the nations of the world. What an amazing assignment. What an amazing calling that we have. But Then, of course, the next most obvious question is going to be, what does that mean for me? What does that look like? How exactly do I do that in my life? And of course, all good Lutherans are going to ask, oh, what does this mean, right? (laughs) I invite you to turn with me to our main passage of Scripture. If you've got a Bible in front of you, we're going to be hanging out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to focus on verses 18 to 21. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 about a lot of things that the people of Corinth and we, God's chosen disciples, should be doing. And he continues in this section and says, all this, all these things that I'm telling you about, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in and through Christ, not counting people's sins against them he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The message given to us is the message of reconciliation, is what Paul is saying here. And he continues on. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to Christ, or in other words, return to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, So that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And this is Paul writing as he's been sharing all the blessings the people of Corinth have. He's just telling his readers that anyone belongs to Christ. In verse 17 he says, we are a new creation. He says, the old has passed away, the new has come. And he says, this is how we ought to live as new creations in this world of darkness. This is how we should act and live and be. I'm going to pause right here and give us a few moments because I need us to understand the import and significance of this. People are going to experience the hope of Christ through our ability to reflect Christ's love. And one of the main things we need to be doing is reconciling ourselves with ourselves, with others, with God. All of that needs to happen. Here's what I mean. You see, it's going to be very difficult to bring people out of their darkness into our light if all they see around us is broken relationships, And if if a broken world and if all they see is more brokenness, anger and especially division today, division is such a horrible strain on our lives. If all that a broken world sees from us is the same stuff the world is offering, what incentive is there for them to make a change in their life? Said another way, if we Christians can't get our act together, what need do they have for joining us? jesus himself in scripture talks about the importance of reconciliation of repairing relationships he talks about it in the sermon on the mountain one of his one of the times he talks about it matthew chapter 5 verse 23 he says this if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you leave your sacrifice there at the altar go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Martin Luther is telling us in the small catechism that students are working through the Ten Commandments right now in the catechism, and he tells Christ followers in there that we should worthily receive the gifts found and given to us through Christ, the sacraments, the Word, baptism, and especially Holy Communion. Martin Luther spends a lot of time talking about how do we take that sacrament seriously and well and worthily. He says if we find ourselves in a broken relationship, we should stay away. We should deny ourselves the gifts from God until that reconciliation with our other brothers and sisters in Christ has taken place. And that may be in the home. It may be an extended family. It may be out in the world. It may be here at church. But friends, the wonderful news is he doesn't just give us that command and say, okay, go and do it. No, we have Jesus as a model for us. It's what real reconciliation looks like Out in the real world reconciliation not only between us and God but also us and us (laughs) see Jesus came to knock down all the cultural boundaries that didn't allow people of different cultures to truly be in relationship with one another remember the story a week ago we talked about the Samaritan woman at the well And what did Jesus do? He was very intentional. He didn't do what most Jews did when they wanted to get to the area of Galilee in the northern of Israel, down to Jerusalem in the south. They would go all the way around Samaria just so they didn't have to interact with those people. But Jesus was very intentional. He made a straight line right through. He said, we're going the short way. And his disciples questioned him. But they went that way anyhow. And he met that woman of Samaria. Put it another way, Jesus was willing to stand out rather than fit in for the sake of someone's soul. Now, I wonder how many of you in your own life have had people look at you and not seen you at your best. Perhaps they've seen you in the midst of your broken relationships. They hear you talking about this guy, Jesus, who you follow and love so much, but they don't see much love coming out of your lips and out of your life towards other people. Because, you see, one way or another, I believe that our lives will paint an image in the heads of those who do not believe as to what our God looks like. Let me say that again. I believe that our life, the life that we live, paints an image in the heads of those who don't believe as to what our God looks like, acts like, speaks like, and loves life. And believe me, I truly understand what those words mean. That's at the same time, it's an amazing feeling, it's a humbling feeling, and also a bit terrifying at times. That others might know what Christ is based on me? Wow. Well, that's okay if things are going well in my life, but not so okay if I'm not doing well, if I'm not at my best. But then we have to remember what Paul shares with us. He says that we are a new creation in Christ. Once we have Christ with us, once we're in that relationship, we are a new creation in everything that we do. And in order for God to use us to reconcile the lost people to himself, We need to continually work on finding resolution with those around us. So that will be what others see in us. They're not going to see the brokenness. We may have brokenness, and we will have brokenness in our lives. But if we are working on repairing and reconciling people in those relationships that are torn, that is what people are going to see and remember. This is one of the many parts of our walk with Christ that is meant to look like Across, A cross. In the vertical, we have that relationship between me and God. And in the horizontal, we have the relationship between me and everyone else around me. And the life that we are meant to live as Christians must be one of balance, being in a right relationship with God so that we can be in a right relationship with those folks around us. And we are called to be ambassadors and to reflect Christ's love to others in that relationship that we have, whether it be at home, whether it be work, church, uh, wherever it may be in our life. And Jesus gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He modeled it for us. And since we are his ambassadors, we speak for Christ. And what Christ says, we speak for him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Paul would have said, come back to God. And as ambassadors, who we represent will often reflect the way that we act and speak in the world. As Kinlan and I have shared many times with our family and probably a lot of you parents have done the same thing, the way you speak and act reflects on our family. We've said that so many times. And sometimes our kids do those things that just make us go, yeah, they were listening. And then other times, (laughs) I can't believe your son did that. (laughs) And friends, it works both ways. Sometimes Kinlan, but more often me, we'll have our kids shaking their heads, oh, look what Papa's up to today. Now, speaking a little more broadly, you and I, if we are representing the world, we're going to find ourselves fitting into the world, representing its habits and characteristics. However, if we're representing Christ in what we do and say, we should naturally stand out. And the habits and characteristics of Christ will be the things that happen in our life and that folks see. But so often, that is hard because the habits and characteristics of God's kingdom are so often opposed to those things that the world cherishes. But friends, if you've already decided that you're gonna stand out, you might as well speak up too. If you've decided over the last couple of weeks that, that standing out for Christ, well, that seems to be a good thing. It seems to be what God is calling me to do. And more than that, it's something that I want to do. Reflecting the love that Jesus had for me out into the world, that should be something I want to do. And I understand. You know, we Lutherans, we're not always the best at vocalizing God's truths out into society, are we? (laughs) But friends, if we claim to have the best biblical theology around, and I think we do, then isn't it worth sharing to those around us? what's stopping us from saying something about it if we claim to have the best biblical theology the best understanding of what our god says and what he wants from us because if there's one thing that i see consistently throughout the life of jesus is that when he spoke people listened from our gospel today in luke it says one time that they listened, and they were listening they were just enraptured by what he was saying Of course it didn't turn out very well because he said some things that kind of turned things on their ear for them. Another time, Matthew chapter 7, one of the times Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the other teachers of the religious law. You see, Jesus knew that his message was truth, truth with a capital T. And he was so convinced that his truth would be helpful out in the world that he was at times willing to speak up and even speak out against the culture around him. Friends, the the devil and our world try to convince us that today we live in a time of relative truth, which means there is no absolute truth with a capital T. That's what culture and society try to tell us, that the truth can change with almost any passing whim. However, you know different. If you're here today and you call yourself a Christ follower, you know that God's truth is the only truth and the only thing that's going to help our broken and hurting world. But the only time we're going to have the willingness to speak up and share it with others is when we ourselves are so convinced of that truth that nothing is going to get in our way. Easier said than done because there's so many of us that have these obstacles in our way. And not obstacles like this next slide. Not American ninja style obstacles. We have obstacles that are a mer- little more worldly. We have fear. And we have anxiety. And we worry about disagreements and not everybody feeling good about what we're saying. We worry about being rejected. I mean, sometimes... Even when I mean well, an observation I make, or advice I might share, it's not taken so well by that other person. Even when I know that I can help a situation, what I have to say isn't always accepted. And I know this is true for you as well, and it can happen at home, work, school, even here in the church. It can be about worldly things, it can be about spiritual things. You can be an expert on a subject And you still have to worry about the rejection that you're going to find in the world. Whether we like it or not, rejection can and will happen to us when we choose to speak up and talk about the hope that we have in Christ. Even when we have the awesome truth of Scripture behind us. If our message is important, and it is, We've gotta get past this idea that what we share is always gonna be accepted and everyone's gonna be happy with what we're saying. Even through Jesus' ministry and the apostles' ministry after Jesus, there were so many times that they were calling out, that they were preaching, that they had the fervor and zeal going, and what did the people do? They turned their back. They rejected the disciples and Christ. They even tried to throw Jesus off a cliff because he was sharing the truth with them. You see, rejection of the faith should not be seen as an exception out in the world. But rather we should understand rejection is the normal response of people that don't have a relationship with God yet. When they are confronted with the truth of God's kingdom, they're gonna go one of a couple different ways. They're gonna say, simple faith? I I just have to have faith? Well, that's way too easy. Or this Christian stuff, it looks way too difficult. i got to go to church on Sunday. i got to read my Bible. That's too much work. Or they might go the whole logical route. So this guy came to earth and died, and therefore I believe in that and go to heaven. That doesn't make logical sense. So, no, I'm not going there. Rejection of the faith should not be seen as an exception out in the world. Rejection of the faith is the normal and default response of people that don't know God's truths yet, and that's where we come in. If we are going to stand up and speak out, we have to learn to deal with rejection. Too many people have said, well, I was rejected once when I shared my faith, therefore uh, my truth must not really be the truth. They don't think it was good, therefore I'm just going to go back to being me, I'm going to live in the world, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But friends, if we're truly acting as ambassadors for Christ, the rejection we have to understand is not rejected at us and who we are. It's rejected God. The rejection is aimed at at God, And even more importantly than that, we need to understand that the ambassadors we are, we are in the business of simply planting seeds. And some of the soil we plant in is going to be fertile and the seed is going to sprout immediately. And other soil we know is not ready yet to experience growth. But in all cases, and this is critical, if we are willing to speak up the seed of the message will be planted. The seed of the gospel will go out. Paul says in his first letter to the Corinth, in chapter 3, verse 6, he said, I planted the seeds in your heart and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. One of the devil's biggest tactics when we go out to share our faith is to convince us that all the weight of converting someone, making them into a Christian, building that relationship with Christ, that all the weight is on our own shoulders. But that weight has never lied with us. It's never lied with God's people. This is true for even me as the preacher and Pastor Neil and Padre. We have never been seed growers. We are simply seed planters. Even though Zion congregation has called us into these positions, it doesn't change me into a seed grower. Only God can grow seeds. God is the one that grows the seed once the Holy Spirit helps us to plant it. And that's the key. We have the Holy Spirit helping us. Now, God never said any of this would be easy. In fact, Jesus specifically said at least two times in this world, you're going to have trouble. And in other places in the gospel, Jesus warns of following him. He says, don't follow me. Don't begin until you count the cost. However, if I'm listening and reading all the words of Jesus correctly, I'm convinced that in the end, it's all going to be worth it. Speaking up for what you believe in is often criticized and rejected in our culture because you have to do it in a certain way and you can't hurt anyone's feelings and everyone has to feel this love. That's what our culture says about anything we wanna share. And friends, that's not gonna happen with the message that we have in the world. Nothing should get in our way of being ambassadors for Christ if we are convinced of the truth in the message because we have to remember who we represent. We need to remember that we have the power of the Holy Spirit at our disposal 24-7. And we need to remember that this temporary life that we live in today, this is not where we're going to live eternally. This is our time that God has given us to share with others so that they can be in heaven with us. This is just a short time. So this week, as I wrap up, I'm going to give you, of course, another challenge. My challenge to you this week is how are you going to ignite a new fire and passion inside of your heart so that you can stand up and speak out and be an ambassador for the gospel message into other people's lives? Maybe you need to spend some time reading and rereading the passages that we heard from today. You know, this is good live streamed out on YouTube and it's going to be available. You can watch it as many times as you want to. Think about how you can embody this position and this idea of being God's ambassador. And finally, think of one person, just one person out in the world that you interact with that you can share the gospel with. Again, it could simply be a couple of words. It can be a sit-down over lunch or coffee. And maybe even more importantly than that, who can you be reconciled with this week? What broken relationships do you still have That you want to see mended. I hope that you'll join with your brothers and sisters in Christ next week as we wrap up our four week series. And we finally talk about imitating the love that Christ has for us what that looks like in our own lives, and what that looks like when we take that love and share it out in the world. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help each of us to understand what it means to be an ambassador for reconciliation between you and your people, between your people and other people. Teach each of us to mirror our life and speech with that of Christ so that we can effectively invite people back into communion with you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen.